0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T Conditions apply We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app
1: Towards Alvarez and the flag stays down Alvarez beat Levakovic but Lovren got back and now the referee points for a penalty. Yeah. He says Lavakovic has taken out Julian Alvarez late. Spot kick, Argentina. Messi scores. Come on, feel the noise around the Lusail iconic stadium. One of the most iconic figures of the game has given his country the lead. Messi did well there Alvarez took over and Alvarez goes on and Alvarez goes in to score all the way Manchester City's young diamond River Plate schooled and raised has given Argentina daylight before half time in the semi-final Messi Guardiola's got back at him. Will he be able to stay with him? No. Messi gets through. And Argentina has three. Alvarez has got his second. made by the master. Well, I've watched a lot of Guardiola in this tournament. And no
2: one, and I mean no one, has been able to do him 1v1. But he's come up against the great man tonight. And then Alvarez waiting, saying, find me. And he does exactly that, Messi. And that's 3-0 you would like to think that's game done oh and Mbappe oh, does get his shot away and Hernandez coming in but how quickly the fortunes can change in World Cup football and France the world champions grab the game by the scruff of the neck Siri dancing in there oh Dari didn't quite get there on the near post And off the post from El I think, the centre-back. Oh, what an incredible effort. So unlucky, that is. Mbappe, Turan. Mbappe. Those dancing feet. Oh, it must be! Just on the field, joy and relief. France surely now have their date with destiny. it's an amazing run here, and and Unahi. Oh, and Hamdallah can't turn it in. It finishes France two, Morocco nil. Well, the stage is finally set for Sunday's World Cup final. It's
0: going to be good. International powerhouses Argentina and France will face off on Sunday. That's
2: right. Lionel Messi and Argentina are coming off of a statement win over Croatia, while France is riding high after a victory against Morocco, which dashed the hopes of millions of soccer fans around the world.
1: I don't care where you're from. If you tell me that you love football and you don't love Lionel Messi, you have a problem. Who's the best player of all time?
2: Uh, Argentina will play in their sixth World Cup final Last time being in 2014 when they lost to Germany 1-0 They have won the biggest prize in football on two occasions Once in 78 and the most recent in 86 Lionel Messi has never won it though and he'll be hoping to lift it in his final ever game at this level. However, Kylian Mbappe and France will be looking to be the first country in 60 years to win back-to-back World Cups, and will want to spoil the party. It's time!
0: It's
1: time!
0: You are listening to your Qatar 2022 World Cup final preview here for the game between Argentina and France on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And you can follow my Twitter account. It's at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. The pin tweet on that Twitter account is the PL for the previous month over at lockbetting.com, which was the 114th month in a row of transparent tracked profit. So here we are, the World Cup final takes place tomorrow after a month of football in Qatar. The first time ever that we've taken a break from the regular European domestic season to play a winter World Cup. And overall, I would say it's been a massively successful tournament. I think that quarterfinal round, those four games in the quarterfinal, you can put it up against any quarterfinal in the history of the World Cup and say they were the four greatest quarterfinals collectively in history and therefore putting it up there as as one of the greatest World Cups of all time. Of course, I think for it to be the greatest World Cup, we need a great final. We've seen World Cups let down by that before. USA 94, Italian 90. They did not have great World Cup finals. And if we get a great World Cup final tomorrow between France and Argentina, I definitely think this tournament could be in the conversation for the best World Cup ever because it has been highly entertaining. So entertaining that we saw the incessant conversations about political issues that Played every single broadcast. You couldn't watch a World Cup game without the pundits talking about some sort of political issue at halftime. But as the tournament progressed, as the games and the football took centre stage, we saw all of that put on the back burner and the football took over and it has been a phenomenal tournament. Has there still been talks of politics? Has it completely gone? No but it's been far more watchable as the weeks progressed and it has been primarily about the football. And we now have this incredible narrative as we approach the final. It's Lionel Messi trying to solidify his status as the GOAT. A lot of people said at the start of the tournament, if one of Ronaldo or Messi were to actually win the World Cup, a trophy that has eluded both of the players, but if one of them could capture it, then he would solidify himself above the other, above Pele, above Diego Maradona as the outright GOAT. And now with just one game to play, we have approached that moment where Messi can solidify his status by taking this Argentina team to their third World Cup. But on the other side, we had another team, are looking for their third World Cup. In fact, it would be their third since just 1998 when they won their first one. They are the current champions. And what we really have here is this crazy kind of combat sports situation where the champions are in a position to retain their title in order for Argentina to become the new champions of the world. They need to actually take it from the current reigning champions who have made their way to a second consecutive final. Argentina aren't going to get to beat Morocco or any kind of underdog here. They have to beat the best team. They have to beat the champions of 2018. They have to take their trophy away from them tomorrow. And then there's the other narrative of what's on the other side. Messi has to do it at the expense of his Paris Saint-Germain teammate. A guy who has already won a World Cup and by the age of 23 years old, he can win his second World Cup, his second consecutive World Cup and throw himself into the GOAT conversation. Because if you start your career with two World Cups by the age of 23, you yourself are going in the right direction to put yourself In that conversation, whether you like Kylian Mbappe or whether you don't like Kylian Mbappe or whether you think he plays in a very easy farmers league that helps to inflate his statistics and his career data, you cannot put forward an argument that can in any way negate what it means to win back-to-back World Cups by the age of 23, and to be significantly involved in both campaigns. He was the key man in 2018, and as we approach this point at the 2022 final, he has been the key man once again, scoring five goals, none of which came from the penalty spot. Now, that's not a knock on Messi. Messi's involvement has been beyond scoring the goals. He's got five goals, three from the penalty spot, yes, but he has been massively influential to the team, whether it be as a leader, whether it be via his assist, that's not a knock on him, but the fact that Mbappe's here with five goals, none of which have come from the penalty spot or from open play, most of which have been fantastic. He has once again established himself as a key player that has assisted his team getting to back to back World Cup finals. And as I said, he cannot be out of the conversation. He's a long way from joining the conversation, but if he continues on the Career trajectory. If he ends up with three or four World Cups, if he does win the Champions League, be it with PSG or be it somewhere else where he moves on, it seems inevitable that he will win it at some point. And Kylian Mbappe is among the all-time greats. But I think it's important to reiterate that this is just his career trajectory at the moment. He has a long, long way to go and a lot to do to suddenly be in the same conversation as Ronaldo and Messi. And that's the thing. It's it's the end of an era. We're going to lose both of these guys. They're never going to play another World Cup again. And there will be a new number 1 best player in the world. It's very likely to be Kylian Mbappe, although there are other people on the horizon. Haaland is moving in an incredible direction and there will be a new number 1, there will be a new number 2, there will be a new world 11. But that doesn't mean that you can disregard what Ronaldo and Messi have done. It's not just a case of they were the top two then and whoever become the top two are the top two now. These are two players that played at the same time that pushed each other to be not just the best of their era, but the absolute GOAT. One of these players deserves to be recognized as the absolute goat for what they've done alongside each other. And for me, if Messi can win the World Cup tomorrow, then he becomes that goat. And therefore making this an even bigger game than your normal World Cup final, given the narratives going into this one. So before we actually look at the prices for this game, let me take a quick second out to tell you where you can bet the game. And that's at Wimbet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on Winbet. If you're looking to get involved in a same-game parlay, Winbet is your home with their Winbet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customise the bet you want to make. That's going to be great fun for this World Cup final. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at Winbet and Winbet has what you need to win. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100.00. And get a $100 free bet. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, the office subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know who has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Let me also tell you guys quickly about underdog fantasy because we are back. With Underdog Fantasy. And if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royale format as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. So as we move on to looking at the odds, one of the great things about this World Cup final, aside from the narratives where we have Mbappe versus Messi, Messi trying to be the go, France trying to go back to back, both teams trying to win their third World Cup against each other, is the fact that, this one has completely divided opinion. It's almost 50-50 straight down the middle in terms of who people think is going to win. Now, a lot more people want Argentina to win because of that Messi narrative, because they want to see Messi be the GOAT. But in terms of who they actually think is going to win, that is split right down the middle, and that is echoed by the odds that we have here on the game, where both teams are at 13-8, to On the money line with the draw being available at 11 to 5 and the winner of the tie market or whoever lifts the trophy to win the World Cup overall, you have Argentina at 10 to 11 and France also at 10 to 11. It is completely split down the middle in every possible way in terms of how the tie will be decided. Again, it's all equal. Argentina in extra time 10 to 1. France in extra time 10 to 1. Either team in extra time 5 to 1. Argentina on penalties 9 to 1. France on penalties 9 to 1. And either team on penalties at 9 to 2. The over under market here for this game sees the over under set at 2.25. So if you want to take the under two and a half goals, you will have to lay some juice here at 4 to 6. With the over available at 6 to 5 plus 120. The over 1.5 goals is available at 1 to 2 minus 200, with the under 1.5 goals here available at 7 to 4. So 2.25 is your 50 50 line here for the game. And you will have to lay juice if you do think that there will be under three goals in this game. So how do I see it playing out? Well, guys that have listened to most of the shows will know that this is the World Cup final that I picked from the very beginning. I'm one game away from also picking the winner. I took Argentina from the very start. And obviously I was concerned after the first game because I thought that breaking the world record... And winning this World Cup would go hand in hand. And to not even tie that record, to lose your opening game against Saudi Arabia, where you were coasting through the first half. Yeah, you had some goals disallowed by VAR, but it looked inevitable that you would get the breakthrough and score the second or third goal in the second half. And then to lose that game against Saudi Arabia, to not even tie the world record, to have to restart, pick yourself up, and try again, and be in a situation where you couldn't afford another slip-up, not even another draw, against better opponents than Saudi Arabia, with Mexico, who have been a long-time rival of Argentina at World Cups, and Poland with Robert Lewandowski coming up on the horizon. I was extremely worried that my futures pick on Argentina wouldn't even run, it would be a major embarrassment and this team would go out at the group stage. But they, they overcame that. They went on to win every game since that point other than the, the penalty shootout game against the Dutch which is um, recorded as a draw. But we are here. They did make it through to the World Cup final and we are getting the final that I that I said that we would see. What I actually said that we would see was we would see Argentina and France at some point. My main concern with France is the slow way that they start the groups they often sort of labour through the groups. And I thought there was an opportunity for Denmark to possibly pick them. And then we would be getting this game early on in the tournament. Argentina versus France could have happened in a round of 16 if either one of them had finished runners up in their group. So if Argentina had won and France has finished runners up, this would have been round a 16 game. And vice versa, if Argentina had finished runners up and France had won their group, which looked the more likely scenario at one point that they would meet in the round of 16. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And we have have ended up with the final that I predicted at the beginning and I became more confident that this would be the final actually when France did lose Karen Benzema. Because when I was analysing France at the start of the tournament, I was a little bit worried about how they were trying to fit all of these players into the team, all of these players that have to play because of who they are. And that was not successful for them at the Euros, because they went to Euro 2020, played last year, with a stronger squad than the squad that won the World Cup, and they looked awful. They just did not gel, and France have not gelled collectively since the last World Cup. But by taking Benzema out, despite the fact that, on paper, he's the best player in the world, because he's the current holder of the Ballon d'Or, I felt that it would add more balance to France. And I've seen numerous things on social media, these little memes and whatnot. About how France have reached the final and imagine what they could have done had they had all of their players with Christopher and Cuckoo not there, and Benzema not there, and N'Golo Kante not there, and Paul Pogba not there. I think they might have done worse. I think there may have been pressure to put these superstars in the team once again, which would have damaged. France's chances without the superstars there we've seen a far more balanced team. Now do I think Ngolo Kanté presents a superstar issue is he a toxic member of the squad? No, but Ngolo Kanté hasn't been the same player for a while. He for a while. He looks like a player whose injuries have caught up with him. We know Paul Pogba can be a toxic Ego In the dressing room, we know that Karim Benzema is a world-class player who can take the responsibility of an entire team on his shoulders. He's a man who just won the Ballon d'Or by carrying Real Madrid on his shoulders time and time again and leading them to a Champions League. He is a leader. And he is a man who can carry a team. But do you need Mbappe and Karim Benzema both trying to be the superstar on this team, both trying to be the leaders? Now, I'm not saying that Benzema has an ego or anything like that, but it just hasn't worked for the two when they've been on the field together. Add to that, you've got Anton Griezmann, who's always been a key player for France. Still, still trying to show that he's got it. Still trying to show that he can be massively influential after having such a difficult time with his club career as of late. And then you've got Usman Dembele. Usman Dembele has been touted As a potential world-class player. But he has not fulfilled that potential. What a stage for Usman Dembele. To fulfill the potential. And show people what he's got. On the world stage here with France. So you have all of these things. All of these elements. All of these players trying to be the standout. But with Karim Benzema removed from the equation the far less selfless Olivier Giroud coming into that role where he's been able to score goals and do his usual workload, it allowed Kylian Mbappe to be what Kylian Mbappe wants to be. With Olivier Giroud having his role, with Usman Dembele out wide on the other side, with Anton Griezmann taking this new role where he played in front of the midfield and has done it successfully throughout this tournament, it allowed Kylian Mbappe to be exactly what Kylian Mbappe wants to be and that's the start of this french side and i had a feeling that it would work this way once they started losing those players is christopher nkuku is karim benzema is paul pogba world class yeah they're all they're all world class everybody that dropped out of this squad kante kimpembe they're all top quality players but ultimately france have a lot of top quality players and sometimes it's very difficult to shoehorn all these superstars in and it made deschamps job a lot easier bringing these players in and What's also worked for them as well is the fact that the likes of Rabio and Tushimeni, who were knocked out as starters at the start of the tournament, have come in and have done tremendously in their midfield roles. The back have been solid. You lost one Hernandez, his brother from Milan. here. Hernandez just stepped right in. Jules Conde has been more competent at right back defensively than Pavard. Whoever you play alongside Rafa Varane is going to be guided and is going to be confident alongside him because Varane, I believe, has re-established himself as the number one defender in the world because after one bad season... At Manchester United last year, suddenly this guy wasn't in the conversation. Suddenly, you couldn't mention Rafa Varane alongside Virgil van Dijk. Well, Virgil van Dijk's had a terrible season. He's sitting at home watching the West of the World Cup, and Rafa Varane is still here. And here's what's most concerning for Argentina betters like myself Rafa Varane has never lost a final in his entire career and obviously once again he's going to be a key player in this game if Argentina want to win it they'll need to sort out the Rafa Varane problem because as I said in my opinion he has once again re-established himself as the number one defender in world football so how does it play out well every poster that you look at for this game every wallpaper that you see will have Mbappe and Messi at the forefront but the managers will be prepared for this. There will be a plan for Messi and there will be a plan for Kylian Mbappe as well. I felt like after watching what Kylian Mbappe did to Poland, particularly Matty Cash, who is a very, very competent Premier League defender playing week in, week out for Aston Villa, but he was destroyed by Kylian Mbappe. In fact, at times, Kylian Mbappe was moving faster than Matty Cash with the ball then Matty Cash was chasing him without the ball and that was massively concerning to all France opponents that would play them in the future but as we saw England gave you the blueprint in terms of how to deal with that with Saka and Walker doubling up on Mbappe on that side, not giving him any space. That plan was also implemented by Morocco with Hakimi getting help with Kylian Mbappe. And Kylian Mbappe has been relatively quiet in those two games. Not completely, because he was still able to be an influence for the second goal that France scored. So it's difficult to keep a player of that quality quiet because he will come inside. But overall, I do feel that both England and Morocco did do a decent job of keeping Kylian Mbappe quiet. The problem is, it does neutralise your attacking players on that side. When you have to use an attacker to think about what Mbappe is doing and to double up on Mbappe, it does take something away from your attack. And also, it remains to be seen if Molina is capable of dealing with Kylian Mbappe on this side because you're looking at the fullbacks that Mbappe's had to play in his last two games. For me, he's faced the best two right backs in world football, whatever order you want to put them in. Hakimi and Kyle Walker, for me, are the two best right backs in world football. And Kylian Mbappe has had to face both of them, and they both had extra help. They both had help in terms of Saka helping Walker. It hasn't been a case of Hakimi and Carl Walker even being trusted to deal with Mbappe themselves. But France have come through. They've come through despite their best player being man-marked by the two best right-backs in the world. Now, when you're looking at Molina of Argentina here, who's probably going to be the guy who gets to start the Atletico Madrid right-back, He's not in the same conversation as Carl Walker and Hakimi. So it remains to be seen if he can handle Kylian Mbappe or if there's going to be a different plan for him here. What's also worth noting is Argentina don't play the same system as uh, England and Morocco. Morocco actually started that game against France with a 5-4-1 system, whereas other games in this tournament, they did go in with a 4-3-3, which was similar to England. So what you have is you have that spare winger out wide who can drop back and you don't really lose too much up front because you do have that um, attacking midfielder that can join in in the attacks if you do end up breaking on the counter-attack. But with Argentina, they don't play that system. Argentina play a very, very strange kind of 4-4-2, where none of the players playing in the left and right midfield position are actually wide players. So it's very much a a bunch of central midfield players who want to keep the ball, who want to maintain possession of the ball, not really aiming to have much width, although their fullbacks do end up overlapping at times and end up being the players that get forward in support, with Messi playing um, directly behind the striker, who at the start of the tournament was Martinez, but is now Alvarez. So it's a very, very different system that France need to encounter as well. And it'd be interesting to see, if Argentina can get more men across to to deal with Mbappe, whether that will be their plan to to sacrifice one of the central midfield players to actually do a man-marking job on Kylian Mbappe, which is probably what France is going to do when it comes to Messi. I think you're probably going to see Tushimeni dropping in. I don't think you're going to sacrifice one of the centre-backs. And who would you trust? You don't want Rafa Varane dropping from the deep position where he plays defensive cover and have... Upper Meccano or Kanate pushing up to do a man-marking job on Lionel Messi because, quite frankly, I don't think either of them are good enough to do the job, especially not from what I've seen from Upper Meccano so far in this tournament. He seems to be a player moving in the wrong direction. So, When you look at the specific game plans that the two teams may have to neutralise the two key weapons in the teams, being Mbappe and Messi, that then just leaves it down to who else has the other talent on the pitch. And I think we've seen phenomenal tournaments from Giroud, Griezmann and Julian Alvarez from Argentina. So what we're seeing is on both teams... We do have individuals who can take the ball by the horns if need be and win this final for their team. I think this could be the type of final where substitutes could play a key part. Obviously, France's squad is somewhat depleted by the people that are missing. That goes without saying. But at the same time, they always had more squad depth than Argentina who are more reliant on their 11. But what's interesting is the 11 that Argentina came into this tournament with isn't the same 11 that are starting now. Someone like Angel Di Maria has actually lost his place in this team. And previously, he has been a key man in other finals. He's been a key player in finals for Real Madrid. And he scored the winning goal when Argentina actually won the Copa America, which was Messi's first international trophy. The winning goal against Brazil was scored by Di Maria. So I think we will see some important involvements from the bench. I think this is going to be a long game. I think there is significant value on the draw. Um, Getting that draw at close to plus 240 I think provides some significant value because I do think when you're looking at this type of final, you're looking at how the teams have got here, you're looking at the narratives involved, I do think it's going to be a long one. It could even be a cagey one. Finals normally are. And if you're looking at the two teams focusing on neutralising the weaponry that the other teams have, if you look at plans for Dembele and Griezmann and Giroud and Mbappe and on the other side. If you're looking to neutralise the likes of Alvarez and Messi, it could end up being a low scoring game. Argentina were coasting to nil-nil half-time scorelines had it not been for moments of Messi magic. It was a moment of magic against the Dutch. His pass that opened up the game and it was his moment of magic against Australia late in the first half that opened up that game as well. If you manage to Bottle up that magic if you manage to neutralise it at least for a 45-minute period. You're looking at a goalless first half, which ultimately puts you in a very, very good position to cash the under. The under two and a half goals at 4-6, to six minus 150. As I said, this game could go the distance. I prefer it to be a 1-1 one, one rather than a nil-nil. In fact, if we're talking about preferences... I prefer for Argentina to just win this game comfortably so that we can cash our futures play. As for me making a pick on this tournament, I'm already deeply involved in Argentina. They've been my pick since the start of the tournament. I don't think it will be any consolation for me to be right about predicting the final that we see here. I do want Argentina to win it. I do want Messi to solidify himself as the GOAT in that conversation And that's nothing against Cristiano Ronaldo or the way Cristiano Ronaldo has behaved recently by doing the interview with Piers Morgan or or leaving Manchester United. I want him to win it because I think it's good for this generation. Because 10, 15, 20 years down the line, there could be conversations where neither one of these two... Are considered to be the GOAT because the argument could be that neither one won the World Cup and Pele and Maradona will once again be the front runners for that conversation. For Messi to win it, it automatically brings Ronaldo up as his rival because Messi can have his claim to being the GOAT. And he will be above Ronaldo because he's won the World Cup. But it solidifies, for me, Ronaldo as that number two, as the guy that was neck and neck pushing Messi throughout his entire career. So I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing for Cristiano Ronaldo if Messi goes on to win this World Cup. Will Messi be... Widely regarded as a better player than Cristiano Ronaldo historically, yes. But at the same time, it collectively elevates both of these players into that GOAT conversation with one of them winning the World Cup and with Ronaldo pushing Messi throughout his entire career. Also, as people, I think that is important. I do prefer... Lionel Messi, from the way that he's talked about, from the way that he carries himself as a player, he's somebody that we've seen that can win a game by himself. Ronaldo can do it too, but it's different with Ronaldo. We've seen Ronaldo winners and they can be a 30-yard a, a free kick or they can be a header or a volley in the box, but it doesn't have that, that finesse. Ronaldo's not able to take the ball and, and magically wave his way through five or six players like he has a magic wand that makes makes everybody lie down for him. Messi makes people look silly. Messi is of the same ilk as Diego Maradona. And when I'm looking at what a footballer should be in terms of being considered as the GOAT, I think that finesse is important to me. I think it's important to be able to do things that normal people cannot do. With Ronaldo, I'm not saying that he's normal by any stretch of the imagination, but what he does can be done by other players. What they can't do is do it as consistently as Ronaldo did at his peak. 40 goals, 40 goals, 40 goals, 40 goals. Just finishing chance after chance after chance after chance. Being clinical and as clinical as Ronaldo was. At his peak, I would say Ronaldo is the most clinical player in football. But it's not the same as what Messi brings to the table. It doesn't have that that finesse. I think that for, for people, when they look at what Ronaldo does and what Messi does, Messi has that more magical side to him where he leaves you with your mouth wide open more so than Ronaldo has done historically, not to say that Ronaldo hasn't. And as I said, this is nothing to do with Manchester United or the way Ronaldo's acted, although obviously the way he's ending his career is not helping his legacy. But I think throughout their careers, I think Messi has been the better person. Um, the way Messi has carried himself, the way his teammates talk about him. I mean, the way that Messi treated my own son. I've had numerous, or my son's had numerous altercations with Ronaldo. None of, them have, none of them have been negative. When my son waits in the area that you're supposed to wait in for the players to stop, Cristiano Ronaldo has stopped consistently for him. They're on first name terms. Ronaldo knows my son's name. I have no issue with the fact that That um, The interactions with Ronaldo and my son have been positive and my son loves Cristiano Ronaldo. But the Messi interaction that he had is held on a different level. And this is nothing to do with the fact that he considers Messi to be a better player, which he does. It's solely down to the way that he was treated by Messi. Now, PSG stayed at a hotel that, that we were staying in because we were going to the Manchester City PSG game. Um, We stayed there on purpose because we knew PSG would be staying there. Champions League teams always stay at this hotel in Manchester when they go up against uh, either Man City or Man United. So as the players were leaving for training, um, there were a few people in there trying to meet them. So they did put a rope up. My, My son called over Mbappe, who didn't stop. He then called over Messi, who did come over and sign a football card. But there wasn't an opportunity to get a photo or anything like that it was just a case of sticking the card out and signing it so my son set about this mission to get this photo in the hotel and it was difficult because PSG were giving their own floor which had their own security guard by it so my son conjured up this clever little plan that when the players were going to be coming down for dinner he would be pushing the button for level two as they were coming down from level three. And they would have to stop as the elevator would open before they got down to their private floor where they would be eating. So he was actually hoping to open the lift to either Mbappe or Messi because he had yet to have any interaction with Kylian Mbappe. And he ended up getting Messi. But when the lift initially opened with the Argentina players in it, so the Argentina players at PSG were all clicky and they were all hanging around together, once that lift opened with Di Maria and Messi in it, there was a security guard in there that said that my son could not come into the lift. At this point, Messi decided to override the security guard and asked him to allow Austin into the lift and Austin went into the lift he had a conversation with Messi and Di Maria. Messi asked him if he would like a photo when we got out of the lift. My son obviously said yes. He then asked him if he wanted Di Maria to be in the photo. And uh, Di, and he said, yes, I'd like Di Maria to be in a photo. And got one of the other PSG players, my son doesn't know who that was, in the lift to take it. And while he was there the whole time, he was talking to him, asking him if he wants the photo, telling him that they were going to do the photo when they stopped. My son also said that Messi had his hand on his shoulder throughout the time that they were in the lift so he knew that he was with Messi and that it was happening and that once they got off the lift that he would do the photo with him and Di Maria and somebody would take it for him and that's exactly what happened and that was all created by Messi. Messi could have easily just smiled and waved and let the security guard do his job. He didn't have to do anything. But he said, "Let him come onto the lift." And said, "Come, come, come onto the lift." Asked him if he wanted a photo. Asked him if he wanted Demarie in a photo. Put his arm, uh, put his hand on his shoulder throughout the time they were in the lift. Got out, did the photo, and was just generally a cool, nice guy. And that interaction for my son is held above, and that interaction stands with me as well. sits with me as well because I remember how happy he was at the time, and it made the whole booking of the hotel worthwhile because it's a story that I will tell forever it's a story that I'm telling now just before the World Cup final so for me I would love to see Lionel Messi lifting the trophy tomorrow and hopefully that's what we see come uh, 5pm UK time tomorrow Argentina lifting their third World Cup and Messi establishing himself as the outright undisputed goat of football that's it for me good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening